السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد ونسلی علی رسول کریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسلی امری وحل العقدم السانی یفقہ قولی اللہ مہدی قلبی وسدد لسانی وسل السخیمت قلبی امین یا رب العالمین کتاب الجنائز انشاءاللہ ویل بیگن فرام باب نمبر ٹوینٹی ٹو باب الکفن فی القمیصی الکفن میننگ شراؤڈنگ دا ڈسیزڈ ان وٹ فی القمیص ان اے شرٹ الدی یوکفو وچ از اسٹچڈ او لا یوکفو اور اٹ از ناٹ اسٹچڈ ومن کفینا بغیر قمیص and someone being shrouded without a shirt. Earlier we learned that when the deceased is to be shrouded, then how many sheets are supposed to be used? Three sheets, right? And we learned that they're supposed to be unstitched, loose sheets, preferably of white color, because that is recommended by the Prophet ﷺ. But what about a situation where loose sheets are not available? especially of such size that would enable that would ensure that the deceased can be covered properly so is it permissible to shroud a person to bury a person in a shirt this is the question you know for example in ihram a man has to wear loose sheets correct but when a person has passed away and they're supposed to be buried and all that people can find is a shirt to bury them in is that permissible or would it be forbidden And القميص الذي يكف أو لا يكف whether that shirt is stitched or unstitched stitched shirt okay that's understandable what does it mean by an unstitched shirt hmm? unstitched shirt a shirt is basically what something that you wear from above your head meaning you wear it you don't just wrap it you wear it in our previous class I mentioned to you that sometimes what is done with the kafan is that it is put on in such a way that part of the sheet is put under the body and part of it is brought over the body from the side of the head right and when it's brought from the side of the head what they do is that they make a hole so it's kind of like a shirt all right because there is a neck hole in it but it's unstitched so you understand a stitched shirt typical what a person wears unstitched shirt meaning a piece of cloth that has a hole for the neck in it So is it permissible to do that? Woman kuffina bighayri qamisin and someone who is shrouded without a shirt, meaning in a loose sheet. Is that okay or not? Haddathana musaddadun qala haddathana Yahya ibn Sa'idin an Ubaidillah qala haddathani nafi'un an ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma. So ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu reported that anna Abdullah ibn Ubayyin that Abdullah ibn Ubay. Who was Abdullah ibn Ubay? Who was he? Abdullah bin Ubay was the chief of hypocrites. Right? He was like the worst hypocrite. And remember that Abdullah bin Ubay, he was supposed to be made the king of the people of Medina before the Prophet ﷺ arrived. But with the arrival of the Prophet ﷺ, everybody embraced Islam. And automatically, the Prophet ﷺ became the leader. So Abdullah bin Ubay, this was a huge test for him. But he remained in his jealousy and his anger and he outwardly embraced Islam because if he did not, he would look bad. But in his inside, in his heart was disbelief and denial, which is why it came out 
it surfaced itself every now and then. For example, at the Battle of Uhud, when the Muslims left, they went outside of the city to fight the enemy. Abdullah bin Ubay got upset saying that you did not listen to me, so I am going back. So he took several hundred people back with him to Medina. At the expedition of Tabuk also, we learned that there were many, you know, unpleasant things. So anyway, throughout the seerah, we see many unpleasant encounters with Abdullah bin Ubay. So this man, Abdullah bin Ubay, Lama tuwfiya when he died and he died in the lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So when he died, Ja abnuhu ila nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. His son came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Who was his son? The son of Abdullah bin Ubay was also Abdullah. He had named his son Abdullah also. Secondly, what you should know about his son is that he was a sincere believer. He was a sincere believer. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ, فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And he said, O Messenger of Allah, أَعْطِنِي قَمِيصَكْ Please give me your shirt. أُكَفِّنْهُ فِيهِ So that I may shroud him in it. I may shroud who in it? My father. وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِ And please pray for him. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُ And seek forgiveness for him. So what happened? What did the Prophet ﷺ do? فَأَعْطَاهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَمِيصَهُ The Prophet ﷺ gave him his qamis, his shirt. فَقَالَ And then he said, أَذِنِّي أُصَلِّي عَلَيْهِ Inform me so that I can pray for him. Meaning when you're done with the washing and the shrouding, then tell me so that I will come and pray for him. فَأَذَنَهُ So the son came and informed the Prophet ﷺ after the washing. فَلَمَّا أَرَادَ أَن يُصَلِّيَ عَلَيْهِ And when the Prophet ﷺ then intended to pray for him, جَذَبَهُ عُمَرُ Umar رضي الله عنه pulled him. Meaning, Umar رضي الله عنه kind of stopped the Prophet ﷺ. So where are you going? Why are you doing this? Why would you pray for Abdullah bin Ubay when you know that this man was a hypocrite? The chief of hypocrites. فَقَالَ So he said, أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ نَهَاكَ أَن تُصَلِّيَ عَلَى الْمُنَافِقِينَ Has Allah not forbidden you from praying for the munafiqeen? Has Allah not forbidden you? Where is this prohibition? In Surah Al-Tawbah. وَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَى أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُ مَاتَ أَبَدًا That do not pray for anyone among them who dies. Meaning the hypocrites, those who die, do not pray Salah for them. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, أَنَا بَيْنَ خِيرَتَيْنِ He said, I have been given the choice. What choice? And he mentioned the ayah then. قَالَ He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed that اِسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ أَوْ لَا تَسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ Seek forgiveness for them or you don't seek forgiveness for them. إِن تَسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ سَبْعِينَ مَرَّةً فَلَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ If you seek forgiveness for them as 70 times, Allah will never forgive them. So the Prophet ﷺ referred to this ayah saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did say, seek forgiveness for them or don't. So I am going to choose seeking forgiveness over here. فَصَلَّى عَلَيْهِ So then the Prophet ﷺ prayed on him, meaning he prayed Salatul Janazah. فَنَزَلَتْ So it was revealed, وَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا 
So it was very clearly revealed then that do not pray salah over anyone among them who dies, ever. So Umar radiallahu anhu was referring to this ayah, istaghfir lahum aw la tastaghfir lahum. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that even if you seek forgiveness for them, uh, 70 times Allah will not forgive them. Why are you going to pray for him? And he said that I've been given the choice. So I'm going to go for the first option. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, do not even pray salah for them. No salatul janazah for them. Now, what do we see over here? Imam Bukhari, of course, is bringing this hadith to show the permissibility of burying someone in a qameez. Because the son of Abdullah bin Ubay came to the Prophet ﷺ requesting for the shirt of the Prophet ﷺ so that it may be the shroud of Abdullah bin Ubay. Did the Prophet ﷺ object over there? No. If it was impermissible to bury someone in a shirt, the Prophet ﷺ would have refused. Or he would have explained. Correct? But he did not do that and he simply gave the shirt. Knowing that Abdullah bin Ubay would be buried in it. Right? So this is the reason why Imam Bukhari is bringing this hadith over here. What else do we learn from this hadith? Anything that touched you that made you think? Yes? Yes. The Prophet ﷺ was really rahmatul lil alameen, a mercy to the world, that he chose the more merciful option. Even though he knew that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that he will not forgive the hypocrites who die in this condition without repentance. The Prophet ﷺ still went to pray for Abdullah bin Ubay. Why? Because of the son of Abdullah bin Ubay. Who was his son? A sincere believer. Right? So he came and requested the Prophet ﷺ. If the Prophet ﷺ refused and said, no, your father died as a hypocrite, imagine how much more sad the son of Abdullah bin Ubay would be. Firstly, the fact that he knew that his father was like that, right? It was not unknown to him. He knew how his father was. Remember the incident where on one of the expeditions, Abdullah bin Ubay, he said that when we return to Medina, the one who is more honorable will expel the one who is less honorable. Basically what he was saying was, when we get back to Medina, I'm going to make sure that the Prophet ﷺ leaves Medina. I'm going to expel him. This is what he was saying. So the son of Abdullah bin Ubay, the same Sahabi, he stood at the entrance, alright, refusing that his father should enter Medina. He did not allow his father to enter Medina. He said, you cannot enter unless the Prophet ﷺ allows. So the belief of the son was sincere. So the Prophet ﷺ gave the shirt and he was willing to pray. Why? Out of courtesy for the feelings of the son of Abdullah bin Ubay. It's so important for us to consider the feelings of other people. Generally, when it comes to the matters of halal and haram, we're so harsh. We're so abrupt. We're so dry. We don't consider the feelings of people. So easily we'll say haram, not allowed. It's a fard, obligation. You have to do it. You don't have any choice. This is bid'ah, this is this, this is... I mean, factually, yes, this is right. What you're saying is haq, no doubt. Alright, there's an evidence in the Qur'an, evidence in the sunnah. Okay, but consider the feelings of people also. This hadith very clearly shows how the Prophet ﷺ treated people. Those who were good to him and those who harmed him. Abdullah bin Ubay, 
attacked the Prophet ﷺ in many ways. So Abdullah bin Ubay had harmed the Prophet ﷺ many times and in numerous ways. He personally attacked the Prophet ﷺ. Can you think of an occasion? Can you think of a time when he attacked the family of the Prophet ﷺ? The incident of ifk, when he accused the most beloved person to the Prophet ﷺ, his wife Aisha radiallahu anha. I mean, imagine if somebody has done that to us, right? Somebody said something nasty about our husband, our wife, our spouse, our parents. We don't forgive them. We keep that grudge for years and we die with that. But look at how the Prophet ﷺ treated people. Okay, good question. Now, it may be that you have people in your social circle who are not Muslim or who may very clearly be you know, maybe from a Muslim family, but outwardly, but in their actions, clearly not practicing at all. So what do you do? You see, the Prophet ﷺ went for the funeral, for the sake of who? For the sake of the one who was living. Correct? Not for the sake of the one who had died. Because the one who had died, it was obvious. لَهُمْ Isn't it? He went for the sake of who? The living person. And that was the son of Abdullah bin Ubay, a sincere believer. So sometimes it so happens that you are invited to a place or to a gathering. And if you were to just say, no, he died as a Muslim, she was a kafira, she was this, he was that, it would hurt the family. They already know. They already know, but people have feelings. If you have a friend whose a parent, for example, is not a Muslim, are you not going to send a message of condolence? Or are you going to say, oh, well, they were kafir anyway, so what's the point? Is that how we should be? No. Be sensitive towards the feelings of the person who is in front of you, who is alive. The one who has died is gone. But the one who is living is hurting, is grieving. And as a Muslim, they deserve some compassion, especially as a Muslim. And if they're not Muslim even, human being. So any word of kindness, you know, even if you don't go to the funeral, which is best if you don't, but if you have to, you have no other choice because then it would lead to other issues. Go very briefly, all right? Or send a message of condolence, send an email, send a card, something to be considerate of the feelings of the one who is alive. Because the Muslim has the haq on you, right? The Muslim has a haq on you. So the son of Abdullah bin Ubay deserved that he should be treated nicely when his father died. And part of that treatment was that the Prophet ﷺ gave his own shirt and also was willing to go for the janazah. حدثنا مالك بن إسماعيل حدثنا ابن عيينا عن عمر سمع جابرا رضي الله عنه قال أتى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عبد الله بن أبين بعدما دفنا Jabir radiallahu anhu reported that the Prophet ﷺ came at the gravesite of Abdullah bin Ubay after he was buried. And what is meant by buried is not that the grave was closed. We learn from other narrations is that he was just lowered in the grave at that time. Meaning the body was just lowered in the grave. It was not covered with mud. فَأَخْرَجَهُ So he brought it out. What does that mean? that the body had just been lowered. That is when the Prophet ﷺ arrived. So what happened? The people took the body out, 
right away. They had just lowered it, so they brought it out. فَنَفَثَ فِيهِ مِنْ رِيقِهِ وَأَلْبَسَهُ قَمِيصَهُ So the Prophet ﷺ put some of his saliva on him. Why? Remember that the body of the Prophet ﷺ was Mubarak, a source of barakah. So the Sahaba were eager to even collect the wudu water of the Prophet ﷺ. Which is why we see that the son of Abdullah bin Ubay asked for the shirt. Why the Prophet ﷺ's shirt? I mean, would you ask any other person? No matter how much you love them, especially a shirt that they're wearing, right? I mean, it's, you don't do that. But they did that with the Prophet ﷺ because his body was Mubarak. So we see over here an extra step that the Prophet ﷺ took in that he even put some of his saliva. Why? In order to comfort the son of Abdullah bin Ubay. In order to help him feel better. وَأَلْبَسَهُ قَمِيصَهُ And he had also given him his shirt. Again, this hadith shows very clearly أَلْبَسَهُ قَمِيصَهُ That Abdullah bin Ubay was buried in a shirt and the Prophet ﷺ did not object to that. So from this bab, it's very clear that a person may be buried in a shirt. Bab الْكَفَنِ بِغَيْرِ قَمِيصٍ Shrouding without a shirt. Meaning loose sheets. And of course, this is better. Why is it better? Because look at the hadith. حَدَّثَنَا أَبُو نُعِيمٍ حَدَّثَنَا سُفْيَانٍ عَنْ هِشَامٍ عَنْ عُرْوَةَ عَنْ عَائِشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا قَالَتْ كُفِّنَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي ثَلَاثَةِ أَثْوَابٍ Aisha رضي الله عنها said that the Prophet ﷺ was shrouded in three cloths. And these cloths were sahula kursuf. They were sahul, meaning of sahuli. And I mentioned this to you earlier about Sahul, that it's a place in Yemen, so the clothes from there, or this particular cloth that was made there, was known as Sahul, and it was Kursuf. Kursuf means cotton. لَيْسَ فِيهَا قَمِيصٌ وَلَا imama. And there was no shirt nor a turban. So the Prophet ﷺ himself was not shrouded in a shirt. So this is better. حدثنا مسدد حدثنا يحيى عن هشام حدثني أبي عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كفن في ثلاثة أثواب عائشة رضي الله عنها reported that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was shrouded in three cloths ليس فيها قميص ولا عمامة without a shirt or a turban so based on this the scholars say that it is better that a man is not shrouded in a shirt. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ was not shrouded in a shirt. Rather, he was covered with a with loose sheets. And we have discussed earlier about the difference between man and woman, skafan. Uh, no need to repeat over here. Ibn Hazm said that Allah does not choose anything but the best for His Prophet. Allah does not choose anything except the best for His Prophet. So the Sahaba who shrouded the Prophet ﷺ came to this agreement that he should be buried in three sheets. Now how exactly? I showed that to you. I demonstrated that to you, how it's done in our previous class. Another way is that the scholars say that another way of shrouding the deceased in three pieces of cloth is that one sheet is taken from the bottom and the body is wrapped in it, the first sheet. Then, and then of course, the cloth that was covering the private part will be removed from the inside. 
Then the second sheet will be taken and wrapped from the top. And then the third sheet will be taken and again wrapped from the bottom. You understand? Why? Because this way, the body will stay perfectly wrapped. And also remember that usually what is done is that knots are tied at the top and at the bottom and also in the middle to ensure that the coffin does not open while it is being carried and while the body is being buried. So what is to be done is that once the body is lowered in the grave, then the knots are untied. Once the body is lowered in the grave, then the knots are untied. Now is the face supposed to be exposed It's not supposed to be exposed technically when lowered in the grave. However, some of the Salaf did instruct that when they be buried, their cheek should be exposed, especially the cheek that is touching the ground. So it was their instruction regarding their own body. But uh, in general, no, the face or the rest of the body should not be exposed when being buried. Bab al-kafani wala imama. Shrouding without a turban. Haddathana Ismail qala haddathani Malik an Hisham ibn Urwata an Abihi an Aisha radiyallahu anha anna Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kuffina fi thalathati athwabin bidin sahuliyyatin. Aisha radiyallahu anha reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was shrouded in three white sahuli cloths laysa fiha qamisun wala imama without a shirt or a turban. So no shirt, no turban, loose sheets. This is best. Bab al-kafani min jami' al-mal. Al-kafan, the shroud, is supposed to be min jami' al-mal from the jami' mal. What is mal? Property. And what is jami' all of it? What does it mean by that? What's the translation that you have in front of you? From the? Min jami' al-mal, how is it translated? All of one's property. Hmm? Basically, when a person dies, then they leave behind something or the other. Whatever it is, some people, they leave behind a lot of wealth and some people, they leave hardly anything. So, Jamir al-mal refers to all of what a person has left. No matter how much or how little it is. So, the kafan is supposed to be from the property that the deceased leaves behind. Alright? So, the expenses related to the funeral and the burial are to be taken from the estate, from the wealth that the deceased has left. وَبِهِ قَالَ عَطَاءٌ وَالزُّهْرِيُّ وَعَمْرُ بْنُ دِنَارٍ وَقَتَادَهُ عَطَاءَ الزُّهْرِ عَمْرُ بْنِ دِنَارٍ and قَتَادَهُ All of them said this. وَقَالَ عَمْرُ بْنُ دِنَارٍ And Amr bin Dinar also said that الْحَنُوطُ مِنْ جَمِيعِ الْمَالِ Even the hanut is to be paid from the estate. What is the hanut? The fragrance. So even the fragrance that is going to be applied on the body of the deceased after the ghusl, that fragrance even has to come from where? From where? From the property of the deceased. And if he did not leave any hanut, and hanut has to be purchased, How will that be purchased? With which money? The money of the deceased. وَقَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يُبْدَأُ بِالْكَفَنِ ثُمَّ بِالْدَيْنِ ثُمَّ بِالْوَصِيَّةِ Ibrahim said that يُبْدَأُ بِالْكَفَنِ 
when it comes to the distribution of the deceased's property, how is the distribution supposed to begin? It begins from, first of all, paying for the kafan. Summa biddaini, then discharging the debts. Summa bil wasiyah, then comes the wasiyah. And then after the wasiyah, finally, the shares will go to the, whatever is left will be distributed amongst the heirs. Alright, so this is the order. When a person dies, first of all, the funeral expenses will be paid from their estate. This means paying for the grave, uh, the wages of the one who bathed the person, or for, trans- for transporting the body, for the grave digger, all of these wages, expenses, paying for the kafan, all of this will be taken from the estate of the deceased. Okay, first of all, kafan. Secondly, dain. What is dain? What a person owes to others. So whatever he had borrowed from people has to be returned. So that will be returned from where? From the money that the deceased has left behind. After taking care of the debts, then the wasiyah. What is the wasiyah? The will refers to the money that a person gives by choice to a non-heir. And this can be maximum how much of a person's property? A third. Then the wasiyah will be given. Then whatever is left behind will be distributed amongst the heirs. وَقَالَ سُفْيَانُ أَجْرُ الْقَبْرِ وَالْغَسْلِ هُوَ مِنَ الْكَفَنِ Sufyan said that أَجْرُ الْقَبْرِ أَجْر doesn't mean reward here, it means wages. Okay? So the wage, the payment of the grave, the cost of the grave, وَالْغَسْلِ and payment for the washing. هُوَ مِنَ الْكَفَنِ That is also part of shrouding. Meaning all these expenses have to be taken care of first and foremost. Understood? The question is that can somebody else gift all of this to the deceased? That can be done. Like for example, if a person passes away and their son wants to pay for their grave. Is that okay? Yes. Another son wants to pay for all the funeral expenses, the other expenses. Is that okay? Yes. The daughter brings a hanut, for example. Is that okay? It's okay. But the children should not be burdened with the expenses either. They should not be forced into paying for the expenses. You understand? The expenses have to be taken out of the estate. حدثنا أحمد بن محمد المكي حدثنا إبراهيم بن عن سعد عن أبيه قال أتي عبد الرحمن بن عوف رضي الله عنه يوما بطعامه So Sa'ad reported from his father that Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu anhu one day his food was brought to him. فقال so he said Abdul Rahman bin Auf when his food was brought he said قتل مصعب بن عمير he said, Mus'ab ibn Umair was killed. وَكَانَ خَيْرًا مِّنِّي And he was better than me. فَلَمْ يُوجَدْ لَهُ مَا يُكَفَّنُ فِيهِ إِلَّا بُرْدَهِ And there was nothing that could be found in which we could bury him except for a burdah. What is a burdah? A cloak. That's all that we could find. Two shroud him in waqutila hamzatu and then he remembers hamza radiyallahu anhu he says hamza was killed aw rajulun akhar 
or another man was also killed. And that was also خَيْرٌ minni. That man was also better than me. فَلَمْ يُوجَدْ لَهُ مَا يُكَفَّنُ فِيهِ إِلَّا بُرْدَهُ And again, nothing was found to shroud him in except for a cloak. لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ Why is he saying this? Abdurrahman bin Awf said, لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ أَنْ يَكُونَ قَدْ عُجِّلَتْ لَنَا طَيِّبَاتُنَا I am afraid that good things are being brought to us very quickly في حياتنا الدنيا in our worldly life. I am afraid that we are being rewarded for whatever we have done. Good things are being given to us right here in our worldly life. And I wonder what will be left for the hereafter. ثُمَّ جَعْلَ يَبْكِي And then he began crying. Why does Imam Bukhari bring this hadith over here? Because we see the mention of two people who were buried in what? In only a burda. And look at the statement that فَلَمْ يُوجَدْ لَهُ مَا يُكَفَّنُ فِيهِ إِلَّا بُرْدَ Nothing was found except for a burda. Why? Were there no clothes in the city of Medina? Were there? There were many. I mean, people possessed clothes. Right? But before going to anybody else, what they understood was that a person is to be buried in the clothes that belong to him or that come from his money. The shroud has to come from the money of the deceased. Alright? So this is why they buried Musab ibn Umair in one cloak because that is the only thing that Musab ibn Umair possessed. That is the only cloth that he possessed. One cloak. One piece of cloth that he would wrap himself with. Who was Musab ibn Umair by the way? Who was he? He was of the youth of Mecca. He was a young man, very young, who lived in Mecca, and he was from the Quraysh. So not only a person of status because of his tribe, but his family was also well off. So he was also a person of wealth. He was a son, a man. Men were preferred over women. And then we see that he was young. So his parents lavishly spent on him. He possessed many clothes, the most rarest of clothes, imported clothes. That's what he would wear. His fragrance, the perfume that he would apply, was also very unique. Any unique fragrance that was smelled in the streets, people knew that that was coming from Musab ibn Umayr. This is who Musab ibn Umayr was. And what happened when he embraced Islam? His family disowned him, basically. Cut him off completely. So he was no longer enjoying, you know, fancy clothes and fancy perfume and good food. No, he was completely disowned by his family. He became homeless. But he took this, he made the sacrifice for the sake of Islam. And he migrated to Medina before the Prophet ﷺ. And he, on his arrival in Medina, called people to Islam. And he would teach people the Qur'an. 
He was one of the teachers of Qur'an in Medina. And when did Musab ibn Umayr die? In the battle of Uhud, very early on. Remember, this is the second major battle, right? The first major one was Badr and the second one was Uhud. And when he died, they could not find anything except for one cloak. Now Abdurrahman bin Auf radiallahu anhu is remembering this when? When food is brought to him. Why does he remember this? Because it was good food that was brought to him and he was fasting on this day. So when he saw all that good food, delicious food, he remembered these men who had made so many sacrifices for the cause of Islam and they did not see any results in their lifetime. They died at a time when the Muslims were still struggling. Abdurrahman bin Auf lived long. And he, he saw the fruits of his effort. The result, the outcome of all the hard work that so many people had put in. And part of that result, part of that fruit was also this food that was brought to him at this occasion. And look at what he said. لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ أَنْ يَكُونَ قَدْ عُجِّلَتْ لَنَا طَيِّبَاتُنَا فِي حَيَاتِنَا الدُّنْيَا In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something similar to this. That أَذْهَبْتُمْ طَيِّبَاتِكُمْ فِي حَيَاتِكُمُ الدُّنْيَا That it will be said to those who deny on the Day of Judgment that you consumed, you used up all good things in your worldly life. Meaning any good thing you did, you got its result in the world. So in the hereafter, you have nothing. Why? Because you didn't do it for the hereafter. You didn't do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Abdurrahman bin Auf, on seeing all of those blessings, became scared. That is it that I'm being compensated here? And there will be nothing for me in the hereafter? Because Mus'ab ibn Umayr was far better than me. He died without having seen any good thing, any good result. So what's going to happen to me? He cried because of the abundance of blessings. We cry because of the supposed shortage of blessings. Isn't it? It's amazing. We cry because we think we don't have enough. We compare ourselves with other people who have so much more, more freedom or more money or more luxury or more family or more you know, fun things in this life. And then we look at ourselves and we feel so bad for ourselves and we're like, you know, because I wear the hijab, you know, because I was raised as a Muslim, I went to Islamic school or, you know, I have to pray five times a day or, uh, you know, this is why I can't really, because of my Islam, I'm so restricted. Hmm? Because of my Islam, I'm so restricted. And so I cannot have so much money that other people have. I cannot enjoy life as other people enjoy. And then we feel bad for ourselves and sometimes we even cry because of that. Abdurrahman bin Auf is crying because of the abundance of blessings. Abundance of blessings means trouble to him. And we cry out of ingratitude. ثُمَّ جَعْلَ يَبْكِي And then he wept. He began crying. Now this doesn't mean that every time we receive a blessing we should cry. No. But we should really think about it. We should really reflect that if I am 
having every wish of mine fulfilled over here, is it that there will be no reward for me in the hereafter? Now this doesn't mean that if a person is rewarded in this life, there will be no reward for them in the hereafter. That's not the meaning. Right? For a sincere believer, reward in this world is good news. It's like when the wind blows before the rain. Right? So the wind, what does that tell you? That the weather is changing. Right? So for a believer, for a sincere believer, when he receives something good in this life, it's just a reminder for him that something much better awaits you in the hereafter. But you don't know. You don't know which category you belong to. And we should really be honest with ourselves. So Abdurrahman bin Auf was so honest over here with himself. And he wept. ثُمَّ جَعَلَ يَبْكِي 